Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to the Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. Welcome back to another episode of Deeds in the Desert. Today with me, I have one of our very own business development executive, Howard Robbins, and he's going to be helping us discuss trust deeds versus REITs. Also helping with the episode today is Izzy Irizarry, Director of Marketing. So let's get started. What is the difference between a trust deed and a REIT? Well, uh, thank you very much for that warm introduction. I greatly <laughs> appreciate that. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of misunderstandings out there about the different ways that you can invest in real estate. And there are so many different ways that it kind of gets convoluted. But you know, I know we're uh, we're discussing trust deeds, which is what we produce here at Ignite Funding, versus REITs, which stands for Real Estate Investment Trusts, and those are very common investment instruments out there. There's many different kinds of REITs that specialize in specific types of properties, but kind of the way I like to present REITs to people is to kind of make it like a business, okay? Think of a real estate investment trust as a business, and the business that they're in is some form of real estate, whether that is buying, selling, developing, managing income from uh, real estate. And in fact, a real estate investment trust, in order to be a real estate investment trust, has to have 75% real estate in its portfolio of assets. The real estate investment trust as a as a business is uh has income and expenses just like any other business. Incomes from capital gains on the transaction of real property as well as lease income or rental income that could be derived from those properties and uh, REIT has expenses. Properties uh, cost money. They're things that need to be repaired or upgraded that can subtract away from the income of the uh, the assets in the REIT. And the net profits or the taxable profits are what are distributed to the investors. So Again, think of in, thinking of it like a business. You have your incomes, you have your expenses, and you have your net profit. And in order to be a REIT, they have to distribute 90% of those net profits, the net taxable income. So you said something pretty interesting, Howard, about the income that people are receiving when they're investing in REITs. Is that is typically when, when people invest in a REIT, is it a fixed rate that they receive or is it a fluctuating rate that they receive? Well, it, it generally speaking can be fluctuating. So a lot of that depends on the employees of the REIT or the managers because REITs do have employees and staff that manage the trust. And depending on how the assets that are owned by this business, a real estate investment trust, how they're managed will largely depend on what kind of uh, taxable income is produced at the end of the day and thereby depend on what is dispersed back to the investors. So the short answer would be that it is variable at times, unless it's very well managed, uh, and then it can be fairly consistent. Okay. So that's definitely a key difference between 
as you mentioned, what we do here at Ignite Funding, we do trust deeds where the rate we provide typically is a fixed rate. It's not 6% one month and 12% another. Correct. The big difference between a trust deed and a REIT is that the REIT is a business with all kinds of moving parts on the inside of it, whereas a trust deed is just simply a loan, mm -hmm. an interest-bearing note that is secured by real property. Right. And so, yes, the interest income from that note is going to be consistent throughout the entire duration of the note. So why do you think like, you know, we, we've been working together for a good while now. We've attended tons of events. And I feel like every time we're at a booth, the first thing somebody does is when they come up to us, we tell them what we do. And they're like, oh, so you're a fund. No, we're not a fund. Why, why do you think they always get that that misconception that that's what we do? Well, the, there are a lot of funds out there that will pool notes together in mm -hmm. the fund and different types of notes. So it's a very common thing to, to have. And a lot of real estate investment trusts also use notes in, in the uh, real estate investment trust or the REIT. So when people you know, see a fixed rate of return, when people see that it is based in real estate, first idea that comes to mind is, oh, this must be some kind of a, a real estate fund or a real estate investment trust. What's another main difference between a trustee and a REIT? Is it as liquid? How liquid are the, the differences between the two? Because I know with the trustee, you know, it's not as liquid. You're usually set in, in that amount of uh, months or however long the term is for that trustee. That is correct. So, you know, trustees and notes in general are considered private lending and they fall outside the world of securities. Securities can be traded in an open marketplace from one investor to another. When it comes to investing in notes and in our trust deeds, when you make the loan to the borrower and the borrower has agreed to pay you interest for a specified period of time, you have to honor that contract. So for our investors who put their money into these secured promissory notes, yes, they will receive a fixed rate of return consistently paid out on a monthly basis, but they are in the note for the duration. Well, for some of our listeners, they may not know that with a trustee, they get to actually pick the specific loan that they're investing in, which has its own asset type, location, duration, terms, and all that good stuff. Do they get that same ability with a REIT? Not really, no. Many REITs are very specialized in certain types of real estate where maybe a REIT is only apartment buildings mm -hmm. or maybe a REIT is only hospitals or, or medical facilities. Perhaps a REIT is a sale, an owner's sale, and then a leaseback, which a lot of corporations do to, to free up the capital in the real estate that they own. Mm -hmm. So REITs take many different forms and they're usually very specialized, but the investor does not get the choice of reviewing each individual piece of property on its own merits and determining if they want to invest or how. They are instead owners of shares in the fund, so to speak. So another thing you had said earlier was a little interesting to me is that you said that a minimum of 90% of the income has to be paid back to the investors. What's that other 10% usually? What is What is that? That 10% usually uh, remains in the fund and is used to, to cover the expenses. So, mm -hmm. you know, going back to my earlier example of a business, you have incomes, you have expenses, and then you have net taxable profit. That net taxable profit, 90% of it has to be distributed to the investors in order for it to be considered a REIT. So I know you talk with potential investors every single day, and you have to talk a lot about what we're 
talking about in this episode. What do you think is the hardest thing for seasoned real estate investors to overcome when you are telling them the difference between what we do versus a REIT? Well, I, I think in both cases, the, the single biggest obstacle to overcome for any investor is having trust in those who are managing the investments for right. you. So in a trust deed investment here at Ignite Funding, you're putting your faith in our underwriting department mm -hmm. and their ability to adequately underwrite the value of a piece of property, underwrite the credibility of the borrower, underwrite the project itself. I mean, does it make sense where it's located, what it is, or, or does the borrower stand a good chance to be successful with, the, with whatever it is that they're building? Similarly, with a REIT, you're putting your funds in the, in the usually capable hands of a group of managers mm -hmm. who are doing real estate investments on a much larger scale. Are REITs collateralized like trustees? Because the trustees we offer here at Ignite Funding are collateralized. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the assets of the REITs can be considered collateral, mm -hmm. but your dollars uh, as a share owner of a REIT mm -hmm. are not directly collateralized to a specific piece of property. Whereas with a trust deed, it is. Right. So let's just say the whole entire market decided to go down and the REIT had, let's say, all retail in it and the retail market got affected. What would happen to those investors typically in a REIT where everything just went to went to hell? <laughs> well, you know, obviously the uh, payout would stop unless they were still making a, a profit on the operation of those retail outlets. But if we're assuming that you know, everything's shutting down. Yeah, let's yeah. say they're not. If they're not, then uh, the, the distributions would stop and the REIT managers would be put in a position to liquidate the properties and liquidate the assets of the REIT and disperse the rest in the value of the shares. You know, one, one thing to remember uh, is that, again, with a REIT, you have operating expenses contained within the, the business itself. So those expenses can can tally up pretty quickly in the event of a, a default situation. On the other hand, with a trust deed, you have one piece of property that is collateralizing the investment that you made. And the value of that property is really, at, at the end of the day, what is going to, to satisfy your investment. Well, that goes back to what you were saying earlier about the underwriting, how important the underwriting is, because... You know, we have to look at all the factors in underwriting that project. And one of those things, as you know, that's very important is the LTV, the LTC, and mitigating that risk for the investors. Correct. So if you were to tell a first-time investor exactly what we're talking about today, and they say, I want to put 10000 in trustees, and I also want to do 10000 in REITs, and just see what happens, what would you tell them, or how long would you have to tell them that they have to wait to really see the difference? between the trustee and the REIT? Well, I think they see the difference right away in the interest payments mm -hmm. because generally speaking, the trustee is going to pay a little bit better, right? And it's going to pay that better rate of return on a more consistent basis. Mm -hmm. The truth is, is that most investors won't really see the inner workings of either one because when the trustee pays off, that project is done and then they move on to something, something new. On the other hand, with a REIT, some REITs have a holding period mm -hmm. where you have to stay in it for a certain oh, really? length of time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So real estate, it's not a, it's not something that happens very quickly. It's not like stock that can be traded on the open market 
a lot of real estate investment trusts will have a hold period and some as as much as five years Mm -hmm. where you have to let that REIT run its course through all of the real estate that it purchases, manages, and subsequently sells. Do you think a lot of people, a lot of investors prefer to choose a REIT because it's less hands-on? Because as you know, here at Investing in Trustees, it's a lot more hands-on. You're picking the investment, you're going through the process. Yes, you may be guiding them and answering questions for them, but with a REIT, it's like, oh, you look at some data, okay, here's the money and transfer it over. Yeah, I mean, I do think that the real estate investment trust is quite a bit more hands-off because again, you're buying shares in this business. Mm -hmm. I put that in quotes. Mm -hmm. And you have other people who are managing it for you. The trust deeds are a little bit more hands-on. There's a little bit more paperwork involved. There's a a little bit more documentation that you're going to receive as a result of making that investment. And there may be different things along the way that you have to participate in. An example would be a ballot vote Mm -hmm. on forbearance, which is just an extension of time. It's not anything negative, but our investors actually get to vote on whether or not they want to allow the forbearance or not. Have you ever seen that happen with the REIT? Do people get to vote on what happens in the REIT? Not typically, no. So is there anything else that we didn't cover today that you do want to make sure that people understand a little bit more of the difference between the trustees and the REITs itself? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that the big benefit to a REIT, um, generally speaking, especially exchange-traded REITs, are the liquidity aspect, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you put your money in, you let it sit, you collect, you, you know, your dividends uh, on a quarterly basis. And if you need the cash, you can turn it into cash quickly. Okay. Even if you sell it at a loss, you can still liquidate. Whereas a trust deed, you're not going to get that liquidity, but you're going to get a better rate of return, typically 10% or more. And you're going to get it consistently month after month after month until the note has been satisfied and has been paid off by the borrower. So with the trust deed not being liquid, so basically what you're saying is there's no secondary market for people to sell off their um, their trust deed. That's correct. Yeah. The, the state uh, regulators do not allow us to create a secondary market for them because that would put us in the the world of securities. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, do you have anything else for us today, Howard? No. I mean, if you have any questions, please uh, don't hesitate to contact me. My direct number is 702-795-5958. Be happy to send you some information and thanks for listening. Typical sales guy, always plugging in that phone number right at the end. (laughs) Well, again, thanks for uh, having us here, Maddie. Thanks, Howard, for all the insights into the differences between trustees versus REITs. And uh, we look forward to being on the next episode that we have here on Deeds in the Desert. Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert, where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 